Yevamos Perk Dalad Mishnah Yud four ten. The Mishnah says Hayevama Lotachalots Flotis Yabem Achieshla Shlosha Khadashim. The woman who's a Yevama, meaning her husband died, should not do Yibum nor Khalitsa until three months have passed since the death of her husband. Reason for this is we're concerned, first and foremost, that maybe she was pregnant from the first husband, in which case there's no if the child's viable, there's no place to do even more chalitza, not necessary, because there's no obligation. Um, but more than that, uh, we want to clarify if there is a child born, to whom the child belongs. So, therefore, we wait these three months. Now, the basis for this three-month waiting is a Pasuk. The Pasuk says, this is in Bereish, Islam, Ches, Pasuk Chavdalid, referring to Yehuda and Tamar, after about three months, it was told to Yehuda saying, Look, Yehuda, Tamar is was Mazana and and she's actually pregnant. The point is that we see that it was Kimashlosh Khadashim, that it was about three months, and therefore we see that after three months, typically a woman's pregnancy is evident to outsiders. Now Rashi there happens to learn, like a Midrash and like a, a, another day in the Gemara, because of the schaf k'mishlosh, that it actually could be even um, just a portion of the first and third month, and then the the whole middle month. So you're talking like 60 days instead of 90 days. But that's not the halacha. The Bartanur learns like the Rambam and the Shulchan Aruch Paskins. When we say three months, we mean 90 days. And 90 days here means not including the day the husband died, not including the day of the marriage. 90 full days where no one um, should be getting married, to clarify who is or isn't pregnant. Now, of course, the rationale of waiting for Yibum makes sense. As for Chalitza, well, there's no concern about her being impregnated by the new man because he's in Chalitza instead. The reason, however, that we still say she should wait the 90 days before doing Chalitza is because the general rule of Kol She'ena Ola Yibum Eina Ola Chalitza, anyone who's not eligible to do Yibum also is not eligible for doing Chalitza, and therefore, since there's no yibum on the table for nine days, there also should be no chalitza on the table. Um, that being said, even though it's true that kosh eno alibum ola eno ola chalitza is a dindoraisa, since her availability for doing yibum is really a suffix, it's a question. Maybe she's pregnant. Maybe she isn't. Therefore, um, if he does chalitza, so then lechora, it's actually binding, and the chalitza will be effective, and she wouldn't need to do a chalitza again. That's certainly how the Shulchan Aruch and Paskins, that if she goes ahead and does chalitza within those 90 days, that chalitza is valid and nothing more to be done. Um, the Ramah, however, does bring a Yesh Omrim. The Ramah says that there are those who hold that the chalitza is not effective and she has to go back and do it again with other brothers. Um, so that's that. Now, the Mishra goes on to say um, that it doesn't just, this 90 day requirement of waiting doesn't just apply prior to doing Yibum. But actually, v'chein kol shar nashim, all women that had had a previous marriage, lo yis asru v'lo yinasu, they should neither do erisin, I'll call that getting engaged now, like kedushin, um, which makes her like half married, or whatever the word is, ma- you know, married to the new husband, but they're not sleeping together yet, v'lo yinasu, nor should they get married in full, ad shiu lahen shlosha chadashim, until... F- Three months, meaning 90 days, have passed since any previous marriage, and that marriage 
would be either an Erisin or a Nesuin. And the Mishnah says that's true across the board, no exceptions. Echad basulos ve'echad ba'ulos. It doesn't matter if we're talking about a woman who actually is a basula, meaning she's still a virgin from the first um, marriage. Let's say, for example, they only did Erisin or the first husband, whatever it was, wasn't around, whatever the detail is. Even if we know for sure she's not pregnant, still we wait 90 days as a low plug. Ve'echad ba'ulos, and of course, all the more so if she actually is um, a regular wife living with her husband, because she may be pregnant. Therefore, we want to wait 90 days until the second marriage to make sure we know to whom this child uh, belongs. Because even though there's no issue anymore of like um, a curse or something like that, because the marriage is totally kosher, but we want to know to whom the child belongs. First of all, as a general principle, Tosiyom to brings, She'en Shechina Shor Yisrael El Al Zaro Miyuchas Achrav, that there's a spiritual benefit that the Shekhinah only rests on he whom his lineage is known. Uh, but more than that, there's all sorts of halachas, like incestuous restrictions, depending on who the father is, of course, who this child can't marry, and therefore it's important to know who the child's parents are. Um, so that's true um, if it's a ba'ula, and then we say just like kind of extend it to basula as well, as sort of a general rule. And more than that, echa grushus v'echad almanos, it's true whether... The first marriage ended in, in a divorce, Grusha, she's a Grusha divorcee, or an Almana, she's a widow, or if the husband died, doesn't make a difference. Again, we wait the full 90 days. Echad Nesuos ve'echad Arusos, it doesn't matter if the first marriage was a full marriage with Nesuin, they've been living together. Ve'echad Arusos, or even if they only um, had done the first step of marriage, the Kedushin, she accepted the ring or something like that, um, but she wasn't yet fully married. I mean, they weren't actually living together, so of course she's not pregnant. Nevertheless, we have a, a general rule, again here, that we wait 90 days between one marriage and the next, um, without any exceptions, to keep things clean and clear, and so no one should be confused. Um, there is a, um, there is a small question to be wondered about regarding um, performing yibum after a marriage that only had it's uh, had Erison, meaning Kedushan, in place. I mean, let me speak it out. You have the brothers Reuven and Shimon. Reuven does Erison with Rachel, um, giving her the ring. They never consummate the marriage. Then he dies. So now the halachas of Yibam kick in. She's for sure not pregnant. There's a question if we have to still wait 90 days before Yibam or not. On the one hand, maybe it's simply a rule across the board. Um, we should be careful. Um, on the other hand, perhaps the issue is that we were concerned about things like like um, Karis, but Karis not a, not a possibility over here because she for sure isn't pregnant and therefore it should be uh, permitted. Okay. Whatever the case is, that's the Shita of the Tanakama. Now, um, the Mishnah continues and says, Rabbi Yehuda disagrees. Rabbi Yehuda says, Hanesuos yisarsu v'harusos yinasu. Rabbi Yehuda said, listen, we are waiting 90 days, but we're only waiting 90 days in regular marriage situations to ensure that there's no questions regarding the lineage of whatever child are born. And therefore, if we have a, we have a woman who was previously married in a conventional sense living with her husband, so there's no reason in the world why not to let her get mu'ureset to get her, like I'll call it engaged, to a new man within 90 days because they're not sleeping together. So there's no pregnancy and nothing to be concerned about. And similarly, Vaharusos, if the first marriage only was at stage one of Erisin, Kedushin, but they hadn't yet lived together, no concern she's pregnant, and therefore, Yinasu, they should even be allowed to be married within those 90 days, says Rabbi Yehuda. Because no questions going to arise. It's not a generic low plug, not a generic, you know, no, no exceptions. 
Chutz, there is one exception, says Rabbi Yehuda, Min Ha'arusos Shebi Yehuda. The exception is in the region of Israel, Judea, Yehuda, um, in the time of Bayashani, there women who are Arusos just engaged still should not be getting to become Nesuos from a second marriage. Bebneisha Libo Gasba, because literally, um, according to Bartanura, because he is already Ragil, he's familiar with her. Um, I'll come back to different shot and what Gaspa means, but the backstory is, as we see in the Mishnah Ksubos, Perak Aleph, Mishnah Hey, the custom in Yehuda, in Judea, in the time of Baisheni was that after a couple got engaged, I'll call it, Arison, they actually had private time together in Yichud, they were by themselves, and the idea was this was something that preceded the marriage, but we wanted them to be comfortable with one another, so that when they actually really did get married, so the Be'ilus Mitzvah wouldn't be um, a situation in which they were uncomfortable, ashamed of one another, and would be more natural. So the idea is that for the sake of the goodwill and comfort and well-being of the Chassan and Kala, we, after they have Erisin, we allow them to have um, to be alone and have privacy. And the concern, of course, is that they're not supposed to, at that point, actually um, be sleeping together, um, but it's a distinct possibility. And if there's no one to tell us the contrary, so we actually have, have to be concerned that indeed they did sleep together because um, they had Yichud, and that being the case, we're concerned she might be pregnant. And therefore, if it was only Arison for the first marriage, and then the marriage ends because the husband dies, we had to be concerned maybe she's pregnant if she was. it was an engagement that happened in Yehuda, and wait the full 90 days, says Rebbe Yehuda. So that's an exception. Mibnei libo Gasba, because his heart, literally his heart is Gasba. Gas usually means fat. But in the context here, the bartender learns like Rashi that Gas means Ragil, he's just very comfortable with her, which could have led to um, intimacy. Others learn that Gas here means like a Russian Kirva, like they're close together. They had private time together and they could be pregnant, perhaps. Um, the Tos Yomtov uh, uh, brings that it's from like a Gasus Ruach, like arrogance, again, overly comfortable. But whatever the p- point is, whatever the exact translation of the word is, um, the point is clear. Rabbi Yudah holds we're concerned that the people of Yehuda might be pregnant even in the stage of Arison, and therefore we have to wait 90 days after an Arison that ends before she can marry somebody else. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi actually agrees that principle. He just says there's another exception. He's with Rabbi Yehuda. He just says that Kol yisasru chutz almana Rabbi Yossi says, listen, everything is true like Rabbi Yehuda said. People can get engaged um even after a previous marriage within 90 days, engaging in Arison, um, with the exception of women who are now widows. Because if they are widows, so then um, they're supposed to observe a period of mourning. The Allah is, um, not after Arison actually, but after Nesuin, that the husband and wife are considered to be like relatives, and there's an obligation of a velus of mourning, to dinder abundant, but an obligation to mourn one another, and therefore it's inappropriate to get married during that 30-day mourning period. And that being the case, Rabbi Yossi Omar, Kol Anashim Yisasru, he agrees to Rehuda that everyone can get heiress and can get engaged, Chutzman Halmana, the woman who's a widow in those 30 days, should not be getting engaged, because she's supposed to be observing this mourning period. Rebuta disagrees. Rebuta says, of course, a woman for 30 days after the death of her husband has to be in mourning. But Arison is not a violation. That Arison is not particularly a happy event. It's just, you know, assuming they're not making a party or something. They're just getting, uh, committing to one another for later on to get married. So that's going to be permitted within the 30 days, says Rebuta, because it's not really a simcha yet and not a violation of Avelis. 
Um, that's certainly how we observe things today. Like, for example, in the Shavuosh Chalbo of Tishabav, even though the intense morning is on, we do still allow for Erison to happen in that time. Um, not like Rabbi Yossi. Um, the Halacha B'Pashtus is, as Shulchan Aruch says, that people can get engaged um, during those 30 days, even if she's Erison, but not Nesuin. Uh, the Ramah again brings those that are Machmir, not to get engaged in those 30 days. Um, on top of that, um, but Chutzmizah, outside of that, everyone agrees that there must be at least 90 days between one marriage and the next, but Erison engagement can happen within those 90 days.